0: Tuning into Macchiato's music and the scriptures. I'm your host, Martinez Billingsley. I want to thank everybody who's been tuning into these podcasts. We have over 700 downloads. That means over 700 people, or if not the same people, have been getting the Word of God, have been applying it to their lives, and have been growing. Like I said, the whole purpose of me doing this podcast is simply to bring the Word of God to my generation and teaching it on a level of your comprehension. And if you can't tell, I am outside. So if you hear birds chirping, planes flying, all that good stuff, I'm outside in my pretend my pretend garden. Cause today we're gonna deal with seed, time and harvest. Seed, time and harvest. I'm coming out of Mark chapter four. So if you wanna get a start and go there, please go to Mark chapter four. We're gonna deal with some things, man. We're gonna understand what is seed, time and harvest. What does that mean? We're gonna understand that this is a parable we're about to read. And we're gonna define what a parable is and why this particular parable Jesus said that out of all the parables that he has told, this is the one that's most important. And that if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand none of the other parables. So we're gonna dig into it and find out why does Jesus say that? And what's so important about this parable? And what is seed time and harvest and what does it mean? So if you're with me, if you got your Bible, go with me Mark chapter four. You should already be there I gave you like 30 seconds <laughs> Mark chapter 4 Let me get there Now I had it pulled up Now where did it go Mark chapter 4 Hold on y'all Alright here we go Mark chapter 4 I'm Reading out the King James Version Start at verse 1 Mark chapter 4 verse 1 It says And he began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine. Before I read the next verse, I want to define to you what a parable is. Anytime Jesus told a parable, a parable is simply Jesus using a natural, Uh, example to explain a spiritual truth a person or Jesus we're talking about Jesus in this particular clay in this this particular case our Lord he used parables as a means of he would take a natural example to explain a spiritual truth so in all natural examples he gave there was a spiritual truth hidden on the inside of this parable so let's start let's pick it up at verse 3 Jesus speaking Jesus says hearken behold there went out a sower to sow he's this is a parable now he's starting a parable remember at verse two it says he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine or teaching so verse three is when he's starting a parable so follow me i'm gonna read this whole chapter verse three it says "Hearken, behold there went out a sower to sow okay sounds like a farmer possibly first four says and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and the fowls or birds of the air came and devoured it up some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth verse 6 but when the Sun was up it was scorched and because it had no root it withered away verse 7 the Sun fell among thorns the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no fruit and other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some sixty I'm sorry brought forth some thirty and some sixty and some a hundredfold verse 9 and he said unto them he that hath ears to hear let him hear verse 10 and when he was alone they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable He said and he said unto them unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God but unto them that are without all these things are done in parables okay so what is he saying he's saying to you those who are of me those who are born again those who follow me these things are revealed to you and I have to I'm speaking them in parables so that those who are not with me won't understand or know. What I'm saying to you That's why he says That it's a mystery Unto you it is given Unto you to know the mystery of the kingdom of God So you have to understand That's why people say People who are not born again And even myself said at one point in time in my life And I think all of us have who will say man I don't want to read the Bible Because I don't understand it Well it wasn't written to me at that time I wasn't, I wasn't in the faith I haven't even accepted Christ Or, or anything like that I was just reading it Because someone said it's reading It's a good book to read You know, but no one explained to me uh, at that time how much life was in it and the purpose of reading the scriptures. Not religiously, not a religious tradition, but that, hey, this is your manual on how to live. We talk about people, I'll say they wanna get it in life and they wanna do this and hustle and all that, but all the things to life and godliness are in the scriptures. And Jesus is much more than principles. Don't ever limit Jesus to just life principles. Like, you know, it's a good principle to apply to life. No, it's much more than that. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't wanna have the principles and not have Jesus. You give me Jesus, you can keep the principle. Now I'll take both, but if I had to choose, I'll take Jesus. Because Jesus can take care of me way more than a principle can. Okay? So let's keep going. So once again, he's giving this to us. He's given the mystery of the kingdom to his children. He has speaking in parables so that those who are not his children won't receive it. They can't receive it anyway because they won't understand it. So stay with me. So this is a mystery, okay? Based in the parable that he's saying this is a mystery. Verse 12, he says that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. See, that's the only way you, Jesus said you will understand <clears throat> the things that I'm sharing with you. You have to be saved. What does saved mean? Save means being delivered from eternal damnation, being delivered from eternal judgment. The way you're delivered from that is by cleaving to Jesus, by confessing him as your Lord and Savior. Notice he said, you can't get it unless your sins, uh, unless you be converted and your sins are forgiven. Okay, verse 13, he said unto them, know ye not this parable? How then would you know all parables? So this seemed like the granddaddy parable of them all. He said, if you don't know this parable, you're not gonna understand nothing else I tell you. So basically what he's trying to say is get this parable. If you don't get no other parable, get this one because this is the one that's going to help you to understand all the others. And it's gonna also help you understand how my kingdom operates. So here we go, let's break this down. Verse 14, remember he told us the parable, now he's gonna explain the parable. Here we go, verse 14, it says, the sower soweth the word, okay? So that means that you can sow the word, what word? God's word, the scriptures, the word of God. You can sow that just like a farmer sows seed into a ground so we can say that the word of god is seed or like seed that's what he's comparing it to he says my word is like seed." he said the soul at the word okay we got that so now we just learned that we can sow the word we can plant the word all right verse 15 and says and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown but when they have heard satan cometh immediately and take away the word that was sown in our hearts so what is he saying that means that anytime it's like right now you listen to this podcast you're getting the word of god or anytime you go to church or anytime someone's sharing the word with you period he's saying that when you the moment you're listening to the word he said and it's sown in your heart he says satan comes immediately and take away the word that was in your heart now another gospel says that when you hear the word and don't understand it the enemy comes and takes it okay so it's not just when a word is sown the enemy just comes right away and steals it but it's when you have no lack of when you don't have any understanding so when you're listening to something and someone maybe just be hooping and hollering but not giving you an understanding behind the hoop and the holler and you just you're just excited and drunk off of emotion you, Satan can come and steal that because you don't understand what was being preached. Okay, stay with me. So that's the first. Remember, he said uh, he said seed sown by the wayside. So that's a seed sown by the wayside. Okay, verse 16. It says, and these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground. Okay, stony ground. What is that? He said this is a person who, when they have heard the word, Immediately receive it with gladness. Okay, you heard the word, you excited about it, and you glad. Verse 17. He says they have no root, R O O T, in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Wow. So what kind of person is this? This is a person that you hear the word of God but outside of church or outside of you know um, you know kingdom activity whatever so to speak outside of your fellowship i should say as you're at home during your private time you really don't spend time praying you don't spend time in the word for yourself you don't spend quality time with god and getting the word you really rely on sunday morning saturday morning or whenever you go to service and bible study like that's the only time literally you get the word so you pretty much get it twice a week So he said, these are people that have no root that you hear the word, you're glad, but you have nothing, you have no foundation. You haven't really been in the word for real. You only get it you know, from here and there, here and there. So when you get it, you receive it. But he says, you endure for a time. He says, but all it takes is that when affliction comes and when persecution comes for the word's sake. So he's saying that affliction and persecution is coming to get that word out of your heart. And because you have no root or foundation in you, when something like that comes up you go off and you totally forget about the word and so that word you know is not going to profit you because now you're totally focused on the situation and the bible says in verse 17 that you are offended so you you know you're the type of person that may be like i'm getting the word i'm serving god And then why all this stuff keep coming up? And then you just, you just go off. You totally forget about the Lord and his word, and you just going off about why this thing coming up. How come they charge me 50 extra dollars on this bill? I ain't got $50, you know, type of stuff like that. So let us, let us uh, surpass that kind of heart. We don't want that kind of a heart, okay? And let me break this down to you too. I don't think I mentioned this. He's saying sowing the seed of the word, right? The ground that he's referring to is your heart, is your spirit. He's not talking about, you can't take the word and sow it in the ground outside. You see what I'm saying? Remember, I told you a parable is using a natural example to explain a spiritual truth. So what he's saying is, you take the word and you sow it in your heart, your spirit, your heart is the ground. Book of Proverbs, it says that, guards your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. Okay, so let's keep going. So remember, the ground is your heart. Verse 18, it says, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts for other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. So, okay, so what kind of heart is this? This is the type of person with the heart that they hear the word, but the cares of this world, you know, maybe you single and you've been single for quite some time, you know, and all of a sudden you just, you sitting there late at night and you're like, you know what, I just, I need somebody. I'm tired of being by myself. You know, so you start worrying about will you ever get married and, you know what I'm saying? Or <clears throat> you're worried about the kids' tuition or, you know what I'm saying? you worried about just things on the job and just just different things this life is just coming at you and the cares of this world and it says the, the deceitfulness of riches and not say riches it said the, the, the deceitfulness of it there are deceitfulness tied behind riches all riches aren't deceitful but there are some that are uh, there are some riches that deceitfulness is behind you have to do something to get that you know what I'm saying you have to deceive others or deceive yourself to obtain these kind of riches you know so now you are willing to lie commit fraud cheat steal and do whatever just to obtain the riches so that you can get the cares of these of this world off your back okay and it says and a lust for other things now every time we see the word lust we automatically think about sex now sex is included about lust but that's not all that lust is you can lust for chicken (laughs) you know what i'm saying you can lust for a new car you can lust for a new house so it's not always sex lust is simply uh, definition of lust is like an intense appetite for something. It's very intense. It's very strong. It's a desire. A very strong desire. It's not just sex. It can be You can have a very strong desire, like I said, to, to get this house. But it's not like a strong desire to get a house like, hey, I don't have a house so I'm believing God for a house. It's like it's a lust. You're willing to kind of do whatever you can to, to deceive people, whatever, just to obtain what you want. That's what we're referring to, all right? So it says, when you do that, those things choke the word. So you got the word in you, but it chokes it. It's like it squeezes it, it suffocates it. The word can't produce what it want to produce in your heart because you're allowing these other things to enter in and choke it. And it says, you become unfruitful. See, the word of God is designed to bear fruit. See, once you get saved, once you receive Christ, you immediately, if you start applying the word of God and following the Lord, you'll begin to bear fruit Meaning that people will begin to see the evidence of your relationship with God. It will no longer be just a talk game. They'll be able to see it on you. Like, hey, this person has really been changed. I can see the fruit in your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it is. God wants us to bear fruit. He doesn't want us to, you know what I'm saying? Don't ever play yourself. As DJ Khali said, don't want you to play yourself. Like, you don't want you to be the uh, person that, hey, I accepted Christ, but you know what I'm saying? You still you know throwing bands at the strip clubs or you still just doing all this other stuff you really have no no um you're not really showing them an example of a changed heart or a changed life you kind of still want to do what you do you know what i'm saying you don't want no consequence for what you do you just want to be able to say hey i love god and i'm you know he knows my heart and heard my cry but no change see what i'm saying that's actually the opposite if you accept christ it It compels you to want to change. He ain't gonna make you do anything, but you just have this eagerness in your heart, like, yo, I need to get it together. I know I'm struggling, man, but I know I gotta get it together. Okay? So the last one is talks about good ground. Now that's what we want. We want good ground. So verse 20, he says, And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it. Bring forth fruit, some thirty-fold, some sixty. And some 100. So what is he talking about? So you hear the word and you receive the word. OK, it's not just hearing it. Remember, the Bible says in James, chapter one, verse 22, be ye doers of the word, not just hearers, only deceiving your own selves. So if you hear the word and don't do it, you deceive yourself. The purpose of hearing the word is to do the word that you want, that you've heard. And he says that once you act on what I tell you or what my word says, it will begin to, to produce and harvest in your heart it will begin to produce results all of us i think well not all of us but some of us have experienced that i know i've experienced that where you know you coming out of the world and you are getting saved and you're spending this quality time with god and god is all you want and that's all you want to hear and that's all you want to talk about and what it is is like it's you're hearing so much word and you're acting on it that it's producing That harvest, like it's it's totally producing a whole nother just image in you. That's what he's talking about. Like your whole image has changed. That's that harvest. So if I'm sowing seed, hey, let's say I wanna work on my attitude, all right? So let's say, man, I got a bad attitude. I came out in the world and I was just nasty to people. Bad attitude, okay, I wanna start working on my attitude. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get in the scriptures and find out what God says about attitude. Now we know God says that we're supposed to love. So what I need to work on, I need to work on my love walk. I need to get all the scriptures or as many scriptures as I can, look them up on love. What does God say about loving people and being kind to people and all that? And you need to get those scriptures. This is what you need to do. You need to get them, you need to read them. You need to speak them. You don't need to be speaking the opposite. You need to speak what God says. Remember God's opinion of you is different than people's opinion of you so people may see you or even i may see you anybody you know what i'm saying because we see from the outside we can't see your heart and you know, let god, god chooses to reveal it so we may see you doing a certain thing but god has an opinion of you our opinion should be god's opinion of you you know what i'm saying so even though we may see you tripping or whatever we still see you as god will see you and that's what you want to do you want to develop that image you don't want to have a failure image you see what I'm saying so if that was your mentality get that out but your only reason only way you can get that out is by putting something else in okay so that I'm just using that as an example so if it's an attitude even if it was you know what I'm saying the the party like you just had a real party spirit you just like the party no matter what ain't nothing wrong going to parties but you know what I'm talking about I'm talking about the wild parties the drinking the women the whatever all that <coughs> excuse me so you know, if all that's in your system, man, you don't have, have to switch it up. You know what I'm saying? You got to put something else in you. You can't have just keep allowing that to be in there. So now you need to get in that word and sow some new seed. Now look at the word, look at the Bible now as a bag of seed. Like a farmer walks around. He walks around his garden. You know what I'm saying? On his grass like I'm walking around and he has a bag, and he said, I'm gonna plant some watermelon or whatever he wanna plant, you know, some corn or some greens. Uh, he got seed for that. So he said, I'm gonna put some seed in the ground for these for these uh, greens. So he put seed in the ground, you know what I'm saying? And he's watering it. He's watering it. Now he can't put uh, cauliflower seed in the ground and it's gonna produce a watermelon. Or whatever you sow is what it's gonna produce. Remember, a seed is produced after his own kind. You see what I'm saying? A seed is always produced after his own kind. That's, seed, that's a seed in any arena. You know, two dogs can get together and mate and have a cat. That's not, a dog doesn't carry a cat seed. The dog only carries dog seed. See what I'm saying? So I'm just using that as an example. <clears throat> so whatever you sow, you, I mean, whatever you want to grow, you gotta sow, pretty much. Let's keep going, we're almost done verse 20 stay with me it says um, I'm sorry I read verse 20 verse 21 it says and he said unto them there's a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick what is he saying now who he said who in the world goes to you know Walmart or whatever buys a candle y'all buy candles at Walmart okay whoever goes and gets a candle and and put it under a bushel or under a bed you don't buy candles to put under a bed you buy candles to put on a candlestick right so verse 22 he says for there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested neither was anything kept secret but that it should come abroad now that's pretty much self-explanatory i ain't got to even explain that basically saying you can't hide nothing whatever you hide gonna be it's gonna be manifested you can't keep no secrets from him. he know it all okay verse 23. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Now what ears is he saying? He's talking about your spirit. He's not talking about your physical ears. If any man has ears to hear, ears in your spirit, ears to discern what I'm saying, ears to understand what I'm saying, let him hear. Remember he just told you that the mystery of this is only revealed to you, is not revealed to those that are not in the kingdom. So he's talking about your spirit. Your spirit has ears. How do you think God speaks to you? God speaks to your spirit. He doesn't speak to your body. He doesn't speak to your mind. He speaks to your spirit. God is a spirit. You are a spirit. You were made after his image and after his and after His likeness. So he communicates with you. You are a spirit. You are not your, you is not your body. You are your spirit. So he don't communicate with your body. He communicates to your spirit. So that's why your spirit has ears. He speaks to you. And what your spirit does, spirit takes it and illuminates your mind to where you can comprehend it. You know what I'm saying? We talk about the conscious and the subconscious mind and all that. So that's what happens. So if you're sitting at a red light and something comes to you, it came to your spirit. And then what happens is the Holy Spirit takes it and illuminates your mind. You see what I'm saying? Your mind is like your mind comprehends what the Spirit of God is speaking to you. Okay? Now Satan speaks to your mind. Go over there and smack that woman. Okay. <laughs> you know that you know that wasn't God. Alright. So we're at. I'm over here making jokes. Verse 24. <clears throat> and it says, and he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. With that measure, with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And unto you that hear shall more be given. I read that again: take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto that, I'm sorry, I got kind of tied up. And unto you that hear, shall more be given. So, what is it saying there? Take heed what you hear. Meaning it said, take heed what you listen to. Not, he ain't talking about no per se, always music, music included, but just even your conversations, people you talking to. Take heed because, remember, the word of God is the word of God is seed, but also words. Period are seeds. If you're a child, if you were a child and your mother will always come to you and say you're never gonna, you're never going to be anything when you grow up, or you're going to be just like your father. What happens is you grow up with the image of wanting to prove her wrong. But the reason why you want to prove her wrong because those words are constantly playing in you. Because that uh, words are spirit. Words are seeds. Okay, so he's saying that whatever you hear you're gonna begin to produce that in your life. So that's why we see a lot of kids drinking stuff like lean. You know, lean basically is codeine mixed with Sprite. You know what I'm saying? And they do that with a double cup. They do that because they hear rappers like Future and other rappers rapping about it. They hear it so much that they wanna experience what he's talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they walk around looking, looking crazy. We try to figure out why a lot of kids seem to be out of it. You know what I'm saying? I ain't necessarily talking about kids. You got 25 year olds that do it. But that's what it's saying. You're hearing so much of that. So now it's producing in your life. And he's saying that, according to this verse, more of that is going to be given. So it's going to produce more of it in your life. You know what I'm saying? Your train of thoughts, your memory, your physical image, all that's going to show. And it's not God doing it, it's you doing it. Okay? That's just an example. And you can be delivered from that, by the way, if you're a person that drink lean. Ain't nothing good about it. You can be free from it. Verse 25. It says, For he that hath to him shall be given, and to he that hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he has. Now, that's not talking about that if you ain't got nothing. I'm already broke. What else the Lord going to take? Now, he ain't talking about that. You know what I'm saying? It's referring to. He that hath to him shall be given, right? He that hath not, he that hath not what? What is he keeping in context? What is he talking about? He's talking about the word. So if you're a person that, if you already ain't getting the word, Satan's going to come and take the, even a little bit that you have. So if you just have the Lord's prayer, that's all you know, that's all you got, He going to come and still even that to the point to where he's trying to get you down to where you have no hope, period. You have nothing to rely on or lean on. That's what the Satan is coming after—to drain us of the Word, get us distracted by social media, people, places, things, whatever—to get us get our minds taken off of God's Word, off of, off of His promises. And now we're looking at the circumstance. We forgot all about what God said. So now we're blaming God for our problems, for our issues. And now we're convinced, or He's convinced us, that God really doesn't care about us. He wants you to be this way. Matter of fact, he, the Lord gives and the Lord taketh away. Now these type of scriptures start coming. you like, oh, Lord, what did I do? And now everything, now you just, you're in need of deliverance at this point. <clears throat> so, but the purpose of this podcast is we're not, we not going to let that happen. Because like I said, we getting information, we getting wisdom, we getting knowledge now. Stuff we didn't know before. So now you can't do better until you know better. So we know better, so we're going to do better. All right, check this out. Verse 26. It says, and he said, so is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground. This is how God's kingdom works. You're in the kingdom of God now. So he said, if you accepted me as your Lord and Savior, you're in my kingdom. Excuse me. I want to let you know how my kingdom works. Okay. we are in the United States of America or wherever you're listening from, wherever you may be, your country has a. Uh, you know, a code of ethics, some standards, their way of operating, their system. You know, our government has a system. And you know, if you don't and if you wanna basically you want to function in this nation, they are saying you have to be you have to go by this system. Okay? And the Bible says we're in the world, but not of the world. We can still be in this world and operate from a different system. It doesn't mean you don't pay taxes. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that we can, God is trying to make it so where we don't have to rely on this world's system that is built on, it ain't built on the word, but we can rely on his system and his kingdom and receive even more. And it's not talking about just money. We like to limit everything to money and blessing. We ain't talking about that. Some people just need some peace. Some people got money with no peace. You got money, but no joy in your life. Okay, money doesn't make you happy. It just makes you more comfortable while you're miserable. That's it. You can ask any top-notch celebrity, if they don't have Jesus, yeah, they can buy more cars and they can try to sleep with more women. They can try to do whatever this fleshy stuff they want to do. It's still not gonna fill that void. See what I'm saying? Now, how I get off on that anyway so we want to rely on jesus and his system all right so he says the kingdom of god is if a man should cast seed into the ground verse 27 he says this is how his kingdom works he says um the kingdom of God is if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up and he knoweth not how what is he saying when a farmer goes out and plant seed into his garden. And once he plants the seed, he's not going back in the house thinking about how the seed is going to grow. You see what I'm saying? He's not concerned about how the seed is going to grow. He's just going through. He know how the process works. He know he has to sow a seed. He has to we'll plant a seed, water it, and he knows it's going to grow. He's not. He's not concerned about how. I mean, how long it's going to take. Uh uh-uh. uh that's not how the kingdom works he says it's not even how that system works he says you sow the seed go to sleep wake up so what you telling me to do i'm telling you all you got to do is sow god's word and go to sleep wake up go to sleep and keep waking up (laughs) and eventually your harvest will be there just go is it that simple yep according to the scripture just go to sleep and i've experienced it like i said it's not we're not we want to use a lot of sewing scriptures for money, and there's not even, you can use it for that, but like I said, you need more than just money. Yes, you do. You need way more than just money. So let's start out with just little stuff first. How about getting our attitude together? How about being more kind to each other? Being more forgiving? You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to get all the other stuff, but you got to, beat, you know what I'm saying? Yo, yo. <laughs> You need some respect on your name. First, your, na- your name ain't respected. <laughs> respected out here. So we got to get that cleaned up first. <clears throat> so you sleep and rise night and day. And you know it not how. Verse 28. He's saying, for the earth bringing forth fruit of herself. First the blade. Then the ear. After that, the full corn in the ear. Now I've been to a, a actual farmer's farm and I've seen it. You know, he shows me how the any anything you sow, he shows you the blade. You know, that's how it comes first before before it fully blossoms to your harvest. It comes as a blade in the ear, then the full corn in the ear. He says, but when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put it in the sickle. A sickle is what they put in the ground because the harvest has come. So he's saying that when you sow the word, whatever it is, if you're sowing it because you want to be more kindly affectionate towards people. Don't pull it up when you just because you just started being nice to your cousin and you think your harvest has arrived. No, he's saying keep, keep walking the love till it becomes you, till you don't even have to think about it. Just who you are. So you get to a point to where we can we can operate in a such a way that you do you don't have to think about it. That's how you know. Hey, my harvest has come. This is who I am. Like I am this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's all because of God, and it's all because of his word, because life is in his word. And it has no choice but to produce. His word will never produce death. If there's anything that's that's dead in your life, you can pour a drop of the word on it, and it'll come back to life again. Hmm. Verse 30. It says, And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? He says, Is there anything in this world that we can compare the this kingdom to, your kingdom to? Is there any anything that we can that you can point at that we can compare this to? Verse 31, he says, Well, it is like a grain of mustard seed. And you know, mustard seed is a very, very small seed, very small. Small as other small seeds. He said, You can compare my kingdom to like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth. It is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. What is he saying? How did this refer to us? So let's look at this as let's take you. Let's say God's going to use you. He wants to put you uh, on a job that requires a degree it requires you know like a certain level of education and all that and let's say that you can barely read you can barely write you know um your car got repossessed house was taken away and you pretty much just kind of struggling in every arena but yet god shows you favor and He gets you a job that you're not even qualified for now to them you you you, you the lowest of the low to them but God says how His kingdom is. So He'll put you in a job where everyone have Harvard degrees and Yale degrees. But He'll raise you up to an executive position, <laughs> and everyone will come to you and want to find out how did you do this, and you couldn't even read or write. Then you know, you can tell you, you can tell them. Say, well, have a seat with me. Let me tell you something. His name is Jesus. So the whole purpose of God raising us up is not so we can buy 25 Bentleys and five houses, but it's to raise us up so that we could be a witness to the world. Okay? Now I just use that as an example, but he's saying that's how his kingdom works. Basically his kingdom, look look at the church right now. Look at the church right now in this dispensation. We are looked at as some horrible people. Which we shouldn't even have that image. We're looked at it as people that are hypocrites, people that are mean, people that basically, basically they want our respect, but y'all don't show us respect. Y'all don't, you know, y'all want honor, but you guys don't honor others. Like, we're looked at as the lowest of the low. And I'm telling you, and in, in some, in some cases, about some people in the body of Christ, they are correct. But you know, we're going to get this thing together before we get up out of here. So we're looked at as the lowest of the law. CNN loves to report on a preacher that's doing wrong or something like that. They won't show you the millions of preachers that's doing right and doing a lot of things in their community that's benefiting people in a positive way. So that's why, that's what you're saying. So we're looked at as lowest of the law. But you know, at the end of the day, we're gonna rise up and be one of the most powerful institutions, if I could say, that the world has ever seen. The church People that are going to be loving people That show the love of God That honors their word And basically (laughs) Are Jesus representatives here That the only Jesus they see is us So before we get up out of here I believe that's what's going to happen Because we're looked at Right now as the lowest of the low Now we know we're the greatest of the great That the only way people know about Jesus Is if we tell them but we know before we get up out of here, it's going to be all good. and even in your personal life, there's things that you're lacking. Take God's word, sow it. You may be looked at as it small. It may be a small thing, but it's going to grow up and rise up and become something great in you. Lastly, verse 33 it says, "And with many such parables spake he the word unto them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. And the same day when when the evening was come, he said unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat unto the ship so that it was now full and he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? They he said, basically, don't you care that we're about to die? You see this storm and you're laying down on this pillow, chilling, and this storm is about to destroy our lives in so many words. Verse 39, it says, and he arose, talking about Jesus, and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea peace be still and the wind ceased and there was a great calm and he said unto them why are you so fearful question how is it that you have no faith verse 41 and they feared exceedingly and said one to another what manner of man is this that even the wind and sea obey him so what happened he just got finished teaching us an example teaching them and us an example of how the sower sows the word right he showed he goes through all the processes of how seed is sown into the heart you know the, the wayside the stony ground the thorns and then the one that we do want we want the word sown on good ground right right after he finished preaching preaches, preaching that they get on the ship and a storm comes the storm comes, they become fearful and get mad at Jesus, basically said, Don't you care that we're about to die? You know, you got a little got a little attitude with the Lord. Don't, don't you even care? And he rose up, rebuked the wind, he says, Why are you so fearful? Number one, how are you gonna be fearful and I'm on the boat? That's the first thing. Number two. How is it that you have no faith in this whole entire time? I've been speaking the word of God to you on how Satan comes and tries to steal the word. See what happened? First, the word comes, now the test comes. Now, the Bible says God doesn't test any man with evil. So it's not that, it's not God testing you. Remember, He says it's coming for the word's sake. Satan is coming for the word's sake. Satan calls, He can try to cause some conditions, some afflictions to come upon your life to try to get at you because he's trying to take that word. That's what happened with this storm. And they forgot the word. So my question is, obviously the word wasn't sown on good ground in their hearts. And the person that's speaking the word has no control over whether the word is gonna be sown on good ground. It's the person, but you know they learn from that. And we know the story. The church was born in the book of Acts. The Holy Ghost came and filled the temple. Peter and all the apostles and disciples became some mighty men and women of God. And we're going to stop it right there. So I pray this is probably my longest podcast, but it was well worth it because this was something that I could not rush. I pray that this podcast has truly blessed you. I pray that you uh, learned and got some understanding of some things. And I pray that you will apply this word, that you won't allow this word to fall on uh, any other ground but good. It's not gonna fall on no stony ground or no wayside or any of that. This word I pray is followed on good ground for everyone that's under the sound of my voice. I want you to be blessed. I want you to apply this word and I want you to live this word out in your everyday life. Because Jesus is soon to return and he has placed something great in you. So let us act out on it. Those great things that He placed in us. I love you. Until next time, be blessed. Romans 3, Romans chapter 3, verse 4. Let God be true and every man be a liar. God bless you. put some respect on his name.